Welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Listen in as we discuss all things business, growth, and marketing with business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And now, here's your host, founder of Roundhouse, the creative agency, Saul Edmonds. Oh, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Today, I'm speaking once again with Paul Farmer from the Mentorist Group around the topic of why change management is essential for business. Paul, how are you going today? G'day, Saul. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Great to have you on again. Excellent. For uh, Who said lightning doesn't strike twice? Uh, the person who didn't get hit by lightning? Bingo. Yeah, someone <laughs> not holding an umbrella. Yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that person, the person without the big metal uh, antenna in their hand. Yeah. You bet. You bet. Yeah. So we've got, um, yeah, like I said, thanks so much for, uh, for popping on the podcast again. We've got another, um, another great topic today, which um, we were saying is uh, about why change management is really essential. Now, um, we already, we've had you on before and we've gone over a little bit about mentors and history and services, but just for the benefit of people who haven't heard that previous one, could you just give us a, a brief overview again of, of, of you and mentors and the sort of services that you provide? Oh, I better, better make sure I'm consistent. Um, <laughs> just remember that, what you did last time. So what we do is we act like a, a business partner for businesses, small, small to medium-sized businesses that don't have that internal resource. So, for example, a sounding board, someone to talk strategy, someone when they're looking to make decisions, but they just need someone to bounce it off to say, look, we're thinking about doing this. Does it make sense? Uh, so from a small to medium-sized business, a lot of business owners don't feel like they can have that conversation with uh, the team that they have, they may not have the, the expertise, they may not have the experience, they may not, they may not have experienced it before. So we provide that external sounding board, independent sounding board to the business to be able to have them throw stuff at us. We don't have all the answers, granted, but at the same time, it gives people an opportunity to bounce stuff off someone who's like an advisor, a business partner to help them be able to keep moving forward. So we offer um, you know, one-to-ones, we offer uh, group workshops and we also offer strategy days, half-day, full-day strategy days for businesses to get their strategy in place to be able to ensure that they can keep moving forward and look forward for the next six to 12 months. Mm, yeah, sure. That's, that's um, I mean, it's certainly a powerful tool I, from our our personal experience it's really invaluable having um having a third party person like yourself or other people to actually help with your business because as as we all know it can be quite isolating um, sometimes in in small business and you can become uh very i mean it's very easy to become very insular so the the extended i guess the extended topic also then goes into um that idea of change management the importance of it, but then keeping focused and how then to maximize that sort of impact um, for, for the people in the business and how the business runs. So I'll, I'll just get you, if you want to start off, you can um, kick off the topic with, I guess, your initial thoughts about, um, about that 
wording too because it's it's used a lot right like you hear it hear it online people talking about about change management but i'd say probably also from my experience too before i had experience in really thinking about it unless you're at unless you're going through it and then you have someone to help you manage it it can be a very um open topic so what are what are your thoughts on what it actually means so there's a couple of areas to look at one is change and one is management throw them together and we have what we're going to talk about but looking at them independently to say especially at the moment with everything that's that's going on we're in uncharted territories unprecedented is a word that has been banned in our house uh, based on the fact that, you know, my, uh, my wife is uh, in PR and marketing for an organization that is, uh, that is helping uh, with uh, COVID, but in terms of unprecedented is, uh, has been banned. So I'll use it as much as I can today because she's not <laughs> in the room. Um, but, uh, but for us, change is inevitable. Things are going to happen. It's how you actually adapt to that change which determines, I mean, last podcast, we talked about a simple equation, which was an event plus reaction gives you your outcome. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, change and dealing with change is something that can cause people to get excited, to get frustrated, to get scared, to get overwhelmed, to get anxious. People handle change in different ways. For me, it's about, things are, and we were just talking before we, we came on here things are going to happen it's inevitable hmm. you know the only one thing that uh, that that's a given is death so you know everything else is things are going to happen things are going to come up uh things are going to uh, uh we're going to be presented with challenges and it's then how we deal with those and then from a management side of things as i say it's how you take the changes that are needed wanted come at you how you take that and you manage that process to ensure that you get the result that you're looking to get from your team your business your circles yourself all of that wrapped up it's how do you manage the initial challenge that you're presented with and how do you manage that to get the results that you want that you're after uh over a period of time yeah and so where you where you find you know it's it's think of the analogy of of, uh someone a horse bolting and someone grabbing onto the tail and holding on what impact can they have on change change management for if that horse represents their business and this this is a real example of of a business that i know is that their business took off and the owners just grabbed hold of the tail of the business and gone, right, well, I need to be able to try and do whatever I can to try and either rein this thing in or work out how I can actually slowly grab, grab a bit more of the tail so I can swing myself up onto the horse and steer it in a direction or slow it down or, or whatever it is. So you take that as an analogy and go, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't make the horse bolt, but now the fact that I'm holding onto the tail, what do I need to do to try and get myself up onto the horse to then be able to take it in a direction that I want to take it in? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's always the uh, 
the uh, the horse can always kick then too, can't it? If if you pull the tail too hard, bingo. And if I if I don't do whatever I can to get up onto its back and get in control of it, then the horse kicking me is is a real option. Yeah, you know the other option is the fact that you uh, the horse stops suddenly, then you're you know in a in a position where you're holding onto a tail and you might end up in somewhere that may not smell as good as it should. So, you know, in terms of how do we get up onto the horse to be able to get in control of it, and that's the management side of change. We talked, as I said, we talked last time. You know, stuff happens. It's how you react to it. Well, change happens. How do you actually control it or how do you react to the change that's happening and so being able to manage that process yeah so then from from say what you do um you're talking to business owner or owners and and you're speaking about current change that they're happening uh, that is um happening in the business whether that's um something like that that horse that is all of a sudden just accelerated and they have to work out how to deal with that particular situation or, or what have you, where do you, I um, understand like you might obviously come in at completely different points in time in that, in that timeline, but what in, in your experience is the, um, is one of the most uh, effective things that you contribute instead of what, you do too, I mean, that sort of process when you're talking with people? So a lot of the time when, when business owners are faced with change, one of the things that they tend to lose sight of is what they ultimately want their business to be. Mm. They're faced with change, then their focus generally becomes the change in front of them and dealing with the, the here and the now. Which, which, is, which is what you need. At the same time, um, you also need to have one eye on what you want your business and the direction you want your business to go in because the decisions you're making now will impact the direction your business goes in. I was having a, a conversation with a business owner this morning before, uh, before I jumped on to, to, to chat to you and that exact conversation came up. It was there is a change that's coming in their business, depending on what they want their business to be, that will shape the decision they're going to make now Mm. because it will have an impact on whether it's the size of the team, the clients they want to work with, the business that if, if there's something that they know is coming up, they need to get clear on ultimately what they want their business to be because that will shape the decision that they want to, that, that they're looking to make coming up. So from a, you know, start with the end in mind. It's like, what do you want your business to be? And then look at the decision you're about to make. And is that taking you in that direction or is it taking you in another direction, which then changes ultimately what your business is going to turn into. So it's getting that clarity around what it is that you want your business to be post decision yeah and and then i guess um am, am i right in saying to have uh reverse engineering a roadmap um yeah with with your help to um you know to do that because i guess like a lot of people may already have a roadmap but um in your experience do 
like, you know, through those conversations, how often is it revealed that the roadmap is, is kind of, uh, say, you know, quite, quite right. Like it's almost on the money, but it's, it's still not, doesn't, uh, the actual road and the roadmap doesn't quite reach the actual endpoint that ends up coming out in the conversation that you have. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent. It's without a roadmap, you never really know where you're going to go. Now, one of the things that, and being in planning and forecasting and strategy and being in that space, a question comes up often. They say, well, ultimately today we're going to set a plan for 12 months time, what we'd like our business to be. But tomorrow that will change because something will come up and we'll make a decision. And, you know, the, the plan that you put together is only right on the day that it's put together. The next day something changes which impacts it. At the same time, if you don't have a view, you're standing at the bottom of a mountain and you look up, you know where the top of the mountain is. Hmm. The, the path that you take to get to that mountain, if you are 100% rigid on that's the only path that you're going to take, then when you encounter a rock that you can't climb over, do you stop? No. You work out a way to actually navigate that rock to be able to keep getting to the top of the mountain. So when when we're looking at getting a plan in place and going, well, ultimately in 12 months' time, this is what we'd like it to be, if we get fixated on this is this is the exact thing that I'm going to do over the next 12 months without any flexibility, you get frustrated because the things that you may be doing aren't working. Mm. So everyone's using the word pivot at the moment. You know, you have to say, is this working? Yes or no. If it's not, then ultimately I'm still trying to achieve this at the end of the day, but we're going to have to navigate a little bit of this and a little bit of that to get us to that ultimate goal, yeah. which is why people every, every 12 months, people generally, they'll do a strategy session where, where they sit and they go, okay, well, 12 months ago, this is what we said we were going to try and achieve. How did we go? And when you look back, you don't, you don't see a straight line from we set it here and we got to here and we did all of these things, things that we said we were going to do and we achieved our goals. It's like, yes, awesome. Generally, you look back and there is just a squiggly line of carnage that you've gone through, but at the same time, you've still got to the ultimate goal mm. and you've just worked out a way to, to keep going to get you to that to that ultimate target. Yeah, I guess it's 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 a well, it's it's still it, it is a in some sense a linear roadmap, but with a lot of twists and turns. I, there's yeah, and there's and there's a there's a a perfect you know you go on jump on Google and, and you 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 know the life of a small business owner and uh, and someone will say well from naught to goal is a straight line. Whereas then you see the next image, which is the reality is from naught to goal is uh, our endpoints. And you've got like a bundle of cotton that's just all over the place and up and down and around and back and forward and up and all of that. So it's being tied to how you get to somewhere without flexibility. That's where people get frustrated because I'm not doing it as I set out to do it. But if you get fixated on what the end goal is, then you can work backwards and say, well, you know, over this period of time, what are the things that we can put in place with some flexibility to be able to achieve that goal? 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually it's uh, one of the things that, that uh, it's obviously has a little bit to do with timing too. I was, I've been watching as I've been cycling again, I've been watching a lot of mountain biking um, downhill trail videos Yep. And the first thing that that pops into my head there is is that what you were saying is actually very much like I mean you know, some of these trails, you know, is, is is there's a lot of there's a lot of like smooth straight bits and there's a lot of you know parts that are just intensely rocky and really sharp turns and things that especially if you haven't gone on on that particular roadmap, um, you know, should we say like in 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 these trails, you know you'll probably have a crash, you know, and then you see that all the time in, yeah. in these videos. And then, but if you've yeah. gone on it before, then you get better at it. Like you don't the first time, the second time you get a bit better, the third time. And, and sometimes you have to loop around and go through it again, you know? So it's a, it's yeah. in some ways for me, it's like a perfect sort of um, visual metaphor for that. Yeah. And it, and it is because, you know, at the end of the day, you know your starting point, you know where you would like to get. And the interesting piece to add into that is it's it's about the feeling you will have when you achieve that. Mm. That's the that's the thing that we that's the thing that we seek the most. The goal is a goal, you know. Um, but the feeling that achieving that goal, if you can tie into that that ultimately will drive you more than going, okay, well, I've got a, I've got a goal of getting, you know, turnover of a million dollars. It's like you hit a million dollars. It's like, great. That's awesome. Oh, next one, I'll go to $2 million. But if you can tie achieving that goal with what the feeling will be when you, when you get that, mm. because then generally it's more about what achieving that will allow you to do. Yeah. What it Does represents. That mean, mm. That's right. So tying the feeling of that result into when I hit that, I will be able to do this, 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 and it will make me feel great. Then bang, that will then drive you more than say, Oh, my goal is this because at the end of the day, it's, it's the, the feelings that we get about achieving goals. Mm. That's the thing that drives us. The goals are just a tool to allow us to experience either experience the feeling or not either way. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I think that's a really I I think that's probably like a, a much more of a key point than everybody realizes because there is often you know being in business those you know the the earning of income and having good cash flow and all those really practical things that that you know that are a part of the end result are of course crucial. But you're right, and just on on the back of that too. Um, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts, you know, based obviously on, on all the different sort of people that you talk to from different sorts of industries and different, um, you know, their, their history and what they've done before running their own business. The idea of like the power of a third party person like yourself in change management, because I guess there's that, idea in one respect that you know why why couldn't you do it yourself and then why use somebody else but you know having maybe having been one of those people in the past who sort of 
I guess, thought that, which I haven't for a long time, and realizing that having an external person like yourself assist is incredibly powerful. But what, what's your thoughts on, on why that actually is the case? So the interesting concept, when I first considered doing coaching and getting into coaching as a, as a profession, um, one of the first things that I learned was that we all see the world differently. It's built up and, you know, there's, there's some science behind it, but in terms of it's the way that I view the world is potentially very different to the way you view the world and someone else views the world. And so if I'm in my business and I'm running my business the way that I see it, and it's one of the, one of the areas that leaders tend to get into their own way of operating. And it's interesting that when people tend to tend to start looking to hire people, they hire people exactly like them because they think like them and they know what they're going to get. The interesting piece about it is the fact that Generally, when you look at organizations that are successful, they've got people that think differently. Or if they don't internally have someone that thinks in a particular way, you look at why boards add people with different expertise onto the board because Mm. it provides a different perspective on what they're trying to do Mm. because everyone brings their own element of expertise. And one of the things that uh, I was talking to a, a guy last week, about innovation and IT. Uh, and and he was saying that he went through a period where he, it was his business, he built it, everyone did things his way, but then he, he realised that he had a team of people that were skilled in areas that he wasn't necessarily the expert. Mm. And so by having someone with a different expertise, experience, knowledge, belief system which also impacts the way that we see the world um all of that wrapped up if you have people that have different perspectives on things it means that your view of the world isn't the only view of the world Mm. and by having having leaders give their team members the ability to be able to bring a different perspective it means that there may be options that i don't see because I only see my view of the world. Mm. But having someone else who has a different perspective may add value to what I'm doing because I, I, I'm not thinking in that space. I'm thinking in my space. Mm. So to be able to add, broaden, broaden the options that I have in front of me, you then introduce people, whether it's internally or externally, people that have a different expertise they have a different experience they have you know one of the benefits of of having been in accounting strategy leadership for you know 25 years plus is that you generally you've experienced a lot of what people are now experiencing Mm. and so to be able to throw that into the mix whether it's through telling a story about uh you know downhill mountain biking or whatever being able to throw that into the mix then gets you to think about things a little differently to say, actually, I could do that. But I hadn't thought about it because my tunnel vision was my view of the world was the only view that I saw. Mm. So I've, I've always been quite interested um, and also I might say like the fact 
that uh, you you also have concurrently with your your coaching you're also a sport coach too and 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 your your then interest in that that idea of um you know of 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 having that kind of experience in another area has always been interesting to me well one i guess because of my interest in in sports too but the understanding of um of like that same sort of role but in a sporting sense how do you feel um or do you feel that 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 experience in the sporting sense has an impact on how you do things and if so what what are those things like in in that uh, i guess cross-pollination between the two the correlation between sport and business is something that People will look at sport and go, oh, yeah, it's, it's a social activity. It's something you do with mates and whatever. But when you, when you sit down and look at it, team, either team-based sport, individual sport, there are so many correlations between what happens in the sporting arena and what happens in business. It's not funny. Mm. You know, you look, at, you look at certain people, you know, from a, from a sporting perspective, and you've got someone who's an up-and-coming talent. They are looking to do, you know, to excel in their field. So what are the things they need to develop? They need to develop values, beliefs, abilities to be able to build their network, to be able to be seen and promoted. And they need to be able to react to change. They need to be able to set goals and standards and be able to ensure that they are driven and focused on being able to achieve a certain goal. So we're talking about look at set it, set the goal, you know, at the end in mind, what is it that you want to achieve and then set a plan in place. Sporting teams and sports people do exactly the same thing. Mm. You know, having, and it's, it's probably, it's probably even more important in the sporting perspective because generally they don't have big structures around them to allow them to be able to have access to whether it's, you know, um, other leaders, other businesses, other uh, resources, generally the sporting environment, unless you're in the professional area, they they tend to be a little less structured. So they've got to do a lot, a lot more of that by themselves. So from a coaching perspective, it allows us to be able to bring some of the business into the sporting arena to be able to have them look at the end in mind. What is it that you want to achieve? How do we go about it? Leadership, how do we build, pump their tyres up to allow them to be able to hit the targets and get the feeling that they want around winning a premiership or setting their person to waste time or learning a new skill, which means that that then means they're a little bit better than their nearest competitors, which is pretty much exactly the same in business we upskill our teams to be able to have them be performing better than your competitors. So you get more business, you get more um, exposure. Yeah. So there's the, the cross and, you know, it, the, the cross between business and, and sport and the lessons that you actually can get from sport are transferable into the business, into the business space. There's a guy that I know, um, you know, played for the, the British and Irish Lions, played for Ireland, Irish rugby. Mm. And he's he's got sports psychology. 
that what he learnt from teamwork and from that side of things, he is able to take that into a business and treat it, it's treated exactly the same. Mm. Same yeah. concepts, trying to achieve the same thing, teamwork, leadership, um, setting goals and things like that. He's able to transfer that across and, and use it. So, but the concepts are the same. It's just the way that they're treated from a amateur status to a, to a professional status. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the thing too is that it, is that I, I would almost go so far as to say that, um, you know, most people, um, you know, they look at the role of a coach in any sporting team and everybody just widely accepts that that's an incredibly important integral part of every team. You know, people think, you know, of, of the team with a coach, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a almost inextricably linked thing that people think about when they think of teams, but they don't think about um, then, then sort of in that same context of how we're saying how similar things are, but then people don't generally as, as a common thing, don't always think about, you know, having a coach then for your business. But, yeah. you know, I've, I've just, I mean, once again, I can only say that, that I would, I would recommend really and anybody and everybody to do because it can be so invaluable for the same reasons as, I mean, as we were going over, like for a sports team and, and, and more, you know, there's, it's, it's just so, there's so many advantages to it. And I, I always like the, um, uh, I can't remember who, who provided this quote, but it was a quote that I remember from when I became a instructor in uh, martial arts um, area. And one of the, um, one of the things, the quotes that was provided to me about ideally being a good instructor was the, one of the examples of being like a great instructor is that you, you are showing people the door and you're um, informing them about things. You're not necessarily, um, you're not telling them how to do things in, in a particular way, but you're providing them with a set of ideas and things for them to walk through it. And ultimately they have to walk through the door and they have to do it. And, you know, that idea of empowering people. And that's always really stayed with me. Um, that as, idea. A, as, as a leader, our job is to ensure that all of those within our teams, whether it's, a team of one, which is a sole, sole trader, sole operator, or whether you have bigger teams, as a leader, our job is to ensure that our teams have all the tools they need to be able to do what they need to do, hmm. which is exactly what you're saying. You know, we give them the tools and we give them the guidance and we hold them accountable, but we're not the ones that do it. Hmm. So all we can do as leaders is look at our role and say, well, our job is to ensure that they're getting all the support they need, the direction they need, the guidance they need, the skills they need, the mindset they need to be able to do what it is that they want to do, not do it for them. And we can't do it for them. So as, a, as coaches and as, as advisors, our job isn't to do it for them. Our job is to help them see how they can do it mm. and give them the tools to be able to do it their own way. And, and that realisation, I guess, too, is, is a can be an incredibly 
one empowering thing and and also um whilst some of those things people are kind of always aware of um and i've gone through this too like you generally know things you know things um could be should be um can be done certain ways but there is something kind of extra special about then having that realization through you know through the um engagement that you have with with a coach or you know that advisor it's it can be really fantastic and again um, it ties it ties back to the feeling that you get yeah yeah that's right if you've got someone that's able to empower you to pump your tires up to invest in you to let help you see that you're able and capable of doing what it is that you want to do what sort of feeling is that going to give you as opposed to someone who's gives you no direction no love no guidance no nothing and expects you to still hit the same targets yeah you know the the feeling the feeling you get when you work with someone who's able to help you navigate the challenges as they come up and work and walks beside you that there gives you a feeling of I'm part of something that's that's great that's moving forward that's you know it's not just me Whereas when you sit back and try to do it all yourself, as you said, you know, we, we tend to try and do it all ourselves. Then when we don't hit our targets, we blame ourselves. Mm. But being able to have someone beside you that walks with you and helps you, then it just gives you the opportunity to, as you're going through, something comes up, you can sort of turn to, turn to, to, to old mate next to you and just go, see that boulder? What do you reckon? It's coming at us pretty quickly. I'm not, I haven't experienced this before. What do you think? Uh, what are some of the options that we've got? Well, we could, we could, we could Indiana Jones it and jump over it or round it or lasso it or, or whatever. And to be able to then navigate, how do you keep, how do you keep moving forward? Even when those things come at you, you have someone that has potentially experienced what it is you're about to experience or has the ability to, to let you see that, it's not just the boulder coming at you. You've got the ability to be able to get around it or get through it or get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got, um, you've got the idea, say if you're talking about a, a boulder, I guess one of the first things, if you see a boulder rolling down a hill at you, you think it's going to kill me. It's going to flatten me, you know, or, or I can jump out of the way or I can do this. But I was, I was, uh, I saw a TEDx uh, talk the other night and it was a guy who was a hacker who now works for, um, other governments to uh, to help with with hacking problems, but one of the things that he said at the end of his talk was really uh, I really liked, and it ties very much into this whole topic. Was he said, you know, hackers that we um, we are good for these particular roles then to help with certain tasks because our mind works like this. So we don't look at a phone and go. Um, that's used for calling or for sending a text or for browsing the internet. We look at a phone and think, what else can it do? Like, how can I pull this apart and make it do other stuff? Which, you know, is of course then used for um, nefarious things, but that mindset of looking at something in at a range of different angles is really, um, really powerful. I think we have, we all have, our own filters around what we see. So I could I could have exactly the same apple 
that you're holding in your hand, I've got exactly the same apple. We're looking at the same thing, but you'll look at it at a particular way based on your experiences, your beliefs, your values, and the way that you were brought up. I'll look at it in a different way based on my filters and my beliefs and my values and the things that, that also determine the way that I see the world. They'll be different to the way you see the world. Mm. So you might look at it and go, oh, apples. As a kid, I grew up and we had apple, apples every day. We had apple pie. We had apples for lunch. And I hated it because I just hated apples. Whereas I'd look at it and go, that's awesome. That's healthy. Apple a day keep the, keeps the doctor away. You know, the way that I see it would be totally different to the way you see it. So being able to look at change and have different perspectives on that change, ultimately you are the one that's responsible for making your own decisions. But when you have the ability to have that, those decisions be more informed, you're going to be able to make more of them and they're going to be better quality decisions. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I would... I guess on a um, as as we're moving towards the end of the podcast, I'd just like to um, on the back of some of these things we've been talking about, just one one last kind of point, which I once again was a little bit uh, I guess inspired by um, another thing I was watching the other night, which was the the power of an ongoing communication or a a certain openness. I saw this thing that was really um, very powerful. There was, there was a, um, a guy a number of years ago who was, um, he sort of came to light, I think via CNN um, was Afro American guy who ended up becoming very good friends with a member, uh, one of the, I think the grand wizards of the Ku Klux Klan. And his his talk that he had was its its core point at the end of it um, was that he he didn't it wasn't about um, the fact that he convinced this guy from the Ku Klux Klan to leave the Ku Klux Klan. The whole point of this thing was this very very powerful idea of the fact that he didn't go into um, understanding or wanting to understand why these people hated him so much by um, through fear. He went into it trying to um, actually learn about the Ku Klux Klan. And so he ended up having this interview with this guy. And then over a period of years, they actually became really good friends. Um, and his, his point at the end of it was that he he went into it, I guess, from a give his gain perspective into this whole scenario of saying, I just want to learn about why you feel this way. I'm going to try and understand you. We'll have a conversation about it. And they had an ongoing conversation over a number of years until this guy who was the head of the clan in this one area in the United States ended up actually leaving the clan because he, um, he, he saw through their conversations a different realisation. And I thought that was a really powerful idea about, about change. And it really, like it was a, um, an amazing um, sort of talk. And I thought, I'd just, I'd just like to get your 
uh, thoughts like we've gone over over the idea of change management a bit, but I'd just like to hear your thoughts on the um, that idea of ongoing open communication. Well, without without communication, change doesn't happen and it can't be managed. So you know, upfront conversations with whether it's new clients or uh, again talking about it this morning, it's how do you manage the expectations of clients um, as to set the the, the delivery of, of the, the relationship going forward in terms of how do you, how does your team know that they've got your support? How do they know that they're empowered to make decisions and you're going to back them? If you're acting in a particular way, they say integrity is, you know, ensuring that uh, the action words uh, are actually uh, and your behaviours uh, are in uh, are in line. So, are, they, are, are you communicating left, right, and centre to make sure that everyone is aware of what's going on? Mm. Uh, so, for me, over over communications better than under communication because at least people understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, with that in mind, too, Paul, I'd like to um, I'd like to ask you for a uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, providing a uh, some sort of relevant quote or something that you you actually really like that um, you feel uh, relates to what we've been talking about. So, I can't remember what my quote was from the last uh, from the last <laughs> podcast. So, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you one that that I've used over the last couple of weeks, which has been quite relevant to a lot of business owners. Um, and that is, if you want people to dance, be the music. Mm. If you want something to happen, be, be the energy that they need to be able to do it. So if you, if you want people to dance, be the music. Is my I, like I like it. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. Um, and also, if you'd be so kind to um, also just let people know yet again uh, the best way that they can learn more about you and Mentorus and also the best way to get in contact with you as well. Yeah, so our website's uh, mentorusgroup.com.au. Uh, we're on Instagram, Mentorus Group Strategy. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can contact me, contact me directly by email, strategy at mentorusgroup.com.au. Uh, ring me on social media. And if you can't find me, then you're probably not looking in the right spots. Or you don't have a computer or a phone. Or, or, you, or you're <laughs> not looking under the right rock. So, um, yeah, or get in contact with Saul and Saul can then get you in contact with me. But, yeah, happy to have a conversation. I love drinking coffee. As you, as you guessed, I love to speak. And if there's anything that I can help add value to, to small to medium-sized businesses, I'm in. Thanks so much, Paul. That was great, as, as always. I really appreciate you um, um, sharing all your thoughts. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, so with that in mind, that's actually it again for today, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening into our podcast. Before we go, Please leave your feedback as well as any suggestions for future topics you would like us to discuss in any future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Grey Business Podcast and we'll see you again soon. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Grow Your Business. Have a great day and we'll see you next time here at the Grow Your Business Podcast.